Well, this morning we have the special treat of hearing from someone who's been a member of this congregation for quite a long time. I'm sure that you may have seen her or maybe seen her son, Max, who often graces us with his presence as he jumps up and down in joy to the music, or he introduces Pastor Paul and I as we walk out on stage. Here's Pastor Paul. If you've not had the joy of meeting Max, I hope that you do at some point because it is truly a joy. Um, but as much as, joy, as Max is a joy, so is his mother, Emily, who brings so much to our congregation and so much wisdom. And it's my honor to welcome her here this morning to deliver this morning's message. Come on up, Emily. Thanks, Rev. Well, good morning. I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to be here in person. We have loved watching online, and what a joy it is. We know the privilege of being in church, and I hope as you hear my story, you will understand why. When Pastor Paul asked me to speak on Mother's Day, I thought, gee, I, I don't know. There's a lot of complications. I don't even know how I'm going to get Max taken care of. And then Paul shared a little bit of wisdom that really changed my mind. He said, Emily, at North River, Max is more famous than the Kardashians. <laughs> I laughed so hard, I said yes. <laughs> In the midst of isolation, when Max started the ministry that I will share with you, he sent me a card with a quote from Andy Stanley that I think is very appropriate for this morning. <clears throat> your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. It's an honor to be Max's mom. He is 31 years old. He's amazing. He has a diagnosis of autism, and I hope this morning our story will be an encouragement to you. Our scripture this morning is Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Now, Paul, correct me, but here's what I think about this scripture, that if Jesus were to write his mission statement, this might be it. Does that seem fair? <laughs> He's hiding. <laughs> <clears throat> the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. <clears throat> 31 years ago when I was expecting Max, my life looked very tidy and very predictable. But as happens with many families, when disability strikes, life changes. 
we went through some very, very dark days. Dark days of divorce, of Max being diagnosed with autism. We went through years when autism was so severe that we could barely leave our home. We stopped going everywhere. We lived as hostages in isolation. We were five years home from our own church here. Back then, it wasn't COVID that held us hostage. Autism gripped our lives. But God's grip is greater. When Max was 13 years old, he gave his life to Christ. How cool is that? My dad had the privilege of baptizing Max. And I thought, well, we have to be back at church. Max has given his life to Christ. He's been baptized as a believer. We've got to get back in. So I thought about the one thing Max always loved when he was young, what he loved about church. And I thought, we'll just go to the one thing he loved. He loved it to be over. So we came when church was over. We came and Max started helping to stack chairs. All of a sudden, God opened this wonderfully creative door, and we came for six years to what we called backwards church. Max stacked chairs, vacuumed. It was wonderful. And then after six years, we transitioned into Max becoming a greeter. He didn't ever feel really comfortable being in the service. This was a little too hard for him. But he came to serve. He served at the Welcome Center. He volunteered at the Kids Zone. He used his spiritual gift of vacuuming, which I know many of you have seen. Paul gave Max a title, called him back of the, wor uh, back of the church worship leader. You know, if you have seen Max, now we're kind of 11 o'clock folks, and we're lucky if we make it at 11. Max has found this spot back on the sound booth platform back there, climbs up those five steps, and he loves to be up there leaping and dancing, worshiping, singing at the top of his lungs. You guys know he's not, he's not always singing exactly the same song as everybody else. When there's a little bit of a pause, I know every now and then you hear, and he shall reign forever and ever. It's like, yes, go Max. He was up there. He's a big guy. If you haven't met Max, he's 190 pounds, mostly airborne. So when he hits, it's really, it really, he really hits. He was up there leaping and dancing one morning, and I leaned over to my friend Jean, who was standing beside me, and I said, oh boy. I said, one day, he is going to go right through that floor, dunk tank style. <laughs> Just going to disappear. And Jean kind of got this smile on his face, and he said, no, he won't. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because months ago, some of the men in the church noticed exactly the same thing. And he said, months ago, they got together and they reinforced the floor where Max dances. Thank you. Do you know what I love? 
Nobody told me. Nobody said, oh, Emily, it was so inconvenient. We, ha we had to take our Saturday. Good for us. We did this. Nobody said, let me tell you about the cost of what it cost to truck in an I-beam from Texas to hold Max up. <laughs> Nobody said, Emily, we really love having Max here, but maybe just he doesn't belong here because he doesn't belong there. Nobody said he doesn't belong. Maybe, maybe you could just have him belong over there. You didn't do that. You just held him up. This is our call as the church, to hold each other up, to uphold life, the weak and the vulnerable and those in need, to stand for what is good and right and true. Pastor Paul was sharing about Max one day, and he said, we gave up perfect, and we got something better. Many look at disability and question the goodness of God. I understand. There's a lot of questions around disability. We look at people to try to understand who God is, right? We look at people, we look at circumstances to try to understand who God is, but we have that backwards. We have to look at God to understand who people are, and he is the author of all of life. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the great I am. For in him we live and move and have our being. I wrote a book with my dad called Dancing with Max, and for 11 years before COVID, traveled all around the country speaking about the value of every life, and the value of people with disabilities. And I want you to know, I want our church to know that the way you have loved Max and loved others who have followed through that same door has impacted churches and people all around the country. Our church loves well. Well, many of you knew my dad, or knew of my dad, Chuck Colson. He was a wonderful man, wonderful dad. Oh my goodness, an amazing grandfather to Max. My dad served as special counsel to President Nixon uh, back in the 70s. He had reached the height of his career the height of power, the office next to the president. One night, he brought me into the, the Oval Office. He knew the president was out, and he said, I want to I bring you in. I'm like, okay, all right, this is going to be fun. We got into the Oval Office, and then my dad said, pointed to the president's desk, and he said, go ahead, sit down. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I remember sitting at the president's desk, there was my dad looking so proud. Now I was a teenager, I was, you know, 12, 
13. I, I loved music. I was, you know, I was a teenager. I might have left my tape recorder in the president's desk. Maybe. I remember looking across that highly polished desk, seeing my dad. And I never knew the emptiness that was in his heart. Watergate crashed in on his life, crashed in on our lives. My dad served seven months in prison. But before he went to prison, he gave his life to Christ. You have to know my dad, if you had a lineup, he would have been the last person you ever would have picked for this job to give his life to Christ, but it changed everything. When he was released from prison, he founded Prison Fellowship Ministries, which became the largest prison ministry in the world. He spent 37 years, the last 37 years of his life in ministry. How many times did my dad kneel down on a filthy prison floor to speak through a tiny crack in a door to share the hope of the gospel with an inmate? Millions of lives have been changed because Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's true freedom, true freedom that only comes through Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5:17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God did not spare my dad or our family the pain of prison. God redeemed all of it. God plants his beauty in brokenness. Even the brokenness of Watergate. That should fill us with great hope. It was March 2020. You know what happened. COVID shut down everything. Remember when they said it was going to be two weeks? You guys remember, right? I was shocked. And then I thought, okay, two weeks. We can do this. There's a guitar that I bought for Max. It's in the basement. We never took it out of the box. I am going to go get that guitar. We are going to watch a couple of YouTube videos, and we are going to emerge from these two weeks like the Von Trapp family. <laughs> Lederhosen and all. But it didn't go that way. It was hard. Max lost all of his programs, all of his supports. His jobs, all of my speaking stopped. Max's Olympic-sized support team dwindled down to one very tired mom. There were moments that were so difficult that I didn't think I'd survive. I didn't think we'd survive. Max and I took prayer walks We'd walk around our neighborhood. We'd walk around other neighborhoods. 
praying for the people behind the pretty front doors because you never, ever know the struggle that someone is going through. When Max would pray, he would pray by the, the street number, the full address, including zip code, which I believe is probably more helpful to God. <laughs> we prayed for everything, our leaders, our government, hospitals, doctors, friends, family, our church, churches around the globe, people around the globe, everything. Max looked up in the sky one day and he said, we pray for the moon. We'd pray for hours at a time. And if I ever slowed down to pause for a moment to think of something else to pray for, Max would squeeze my hand and he would say, keep praying, Mom. We did keep praying. We had one prayer in the beginning, one consistent prayer in the beginning of isolation. How can we be a blessing to others? See, we've been through isolation. We've been through quarantine for years when Max was young. Nobody else had done this. Like, we've actually done this. How can we be a blessing to others? 2 Corinthians 1.4 calls us to comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Well, we noticed people had hearts on their doors and in their windows, and we uh, needed a project. We needed a lot of projects. So I had some canvases. I had a lot of paints. So one day I thought, well, we'll put hearts in our windows and on our doors. Gave all of that to Max, and what he painted was so joyful, so beautiful. They never made it into our windows. I put them on our living room wall because they brought me so much encouragement. That's when Max started painting on yard signs. We got five yard signs so that Max could give his hearts away, contact-free delivery, right? It was the best contact-free delivery. I remember going up to that first house, Max's teacher, Katie, and thinking, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. You know, they really take beautiful care of their lawn. They might not really like something plunked in the middle of their yard. We got there. Katie came out. Her husband came out. They saw Max stake that heart in the ground, and they started to cry. I thought, okay, okay, Max, let's try it again. Let's give another one. We had no plan. There was no big plan here. Max now has given away, painted and given away, well over 200 hearts all around the South Shore. We were driving one day, delivering hearts, and uh, Max is like a human GPS. You know, it's really helpful to me. Mom, take a right, take a left, take this road, take that road. Well, he's in the back seat, and he yells out, stop the car. I need to give them a heart. Like, what? Who? Max, who are you going to give the, who are you going to give a heart to? I looked over, there was a tiny little convenience store, and I passed it. And Max insisted, turn around. I have a heart for them. 
like, oh boy, oh boy. I looked at this busy street corners. We don't do busy street corners. We got out of the car and we found the only little square inch of soil in which to put the heart and I looked around and I saw all of this garbage blowing around on the ground. Dirty paper plates and cans crushed up and plastic straws and cups and I thought, I don't think this spot is worthy of one of Max's beautiful hearts. Oh, I was, I was so wrong. God, out of his great love for us, sent his son right into the brokenness of this world, right into the brokenness of the human heart to bring us hope, to bring us healing, to bring us to himself. God plants his beauty in brokenness. I watched Max as he took that beautiful heart and he staked it in the hard soil of this earth, in the hard soil of 2020. And then he stood back and he put his hands up as if his work was finally complete and he said, just right. We had so much, uh, so many people demanding, asking, pleading for hearts, asking to buy hearts. Max gives them away. They were asking, I mean, from all over the country, requests were coming in. So we came up with another idea because Max just couldn't paint that much. We made Heart by Max note cards. Now, I, I, I have to tell you, we had no idea what was going to happen. Overnight, we sold out, 450 boxes of cards sold out. The website crashed. <laughs> I had no idea how to even ship these boxes. I hadn't quite learned that. I didn't know I had to learn that so quickly. I looked like Lucille Ball in the chocolate factory. <laughs> My mom, who I know is watching this morning. My mom, at 90 years old, has been making up all of the boxes of note cards. She asked to do this. Of course, she asked when she had no idea how many she would be making. God has given her, at 90, the most remarkable mission in isolation that is reaching Thousands. My mom single-handedly has now made 4,500 boxes of cards. We love you, Mom. There are 36,000 cards in circulation. I don't know if this is going to work. Is this clip going to work? Oh, my my wonderful neighbor, Barb Romanelli, sent the story to Channel 5, and I want you to see what they did with it. 
end of March, beginning of April was so gray and overcast and gloomy. That's when the first of the hearts started to appear. Max's neighbor for nearly six years, Barbara Romanelli found joy in the pops of color and was really moved when a heart suddenly appeared on her lawn. I was so excited. I think I teared up. All the painting began when stay at home was implemented. Before the pandemic, Max, who has autism, was very busy. He worked at a car wash. He worked at a juice station. He worked at a 7-Eleven. Uh, he attended a day program. His life was really full of activities. And so when everything stopped, it was pretty devastating. But it didn't keep Max down. Whether dancing to an iPhone or trying out our microphone. It's sunny outside. It's fair to breathe. Max is filled with joy. He pours that into his work. This is beautiful. Max, thank you so much. I think what's so beautiful about Max's art is that it's done with joy and it's also done with the intent to give it away. The goal was to spread happiness and blessings, so Max has planted his hearts all over, at homes, businesses, even in places you wouldn't expect. The one that really caught me off guard was um, at the transfer station, which is exciting because it's the dump. <laughs> Demand has grown to such an extent that Max's hearts now adore note cards. We launched Heart by Max note cards with all proceeds going to charity so that others could send a heart by Max and a word of encouragement to people in their lives. Well, Max has shown me that we can be a blessing to each other. When you see the hearts, how do you feel? Happy. Max's mother says every time she sees a heart around town, she's proud. I think of this sweet young guy, <laughs> my sweet son who has struggled with so much in his own life and his life is touching thousands of people because of his beautiful heart. I just got it. Isn't he great? At this point, Max has painted and given away some 125 heart signs and thousands of note cards have gone out. Find more about his work on WCVB.com. That is beautiful and truly an... God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. He has brought so many people into this mission. God has brought so many people in to send his love out. Thousands, thousands of people have encouraged others. Thousands being a blessing. You have to know that Max wasn't an artist when we started this. He wasn't an artist. He struggled his whole life with fine motor. God took what Max struggled to do and showed what only he can do. God's power is made perfect in weakness. Well, people ask for everything, keychains, posters, coffee mugs, t-shirts. I made a few t-shirts, really, really cute, but I kept asking, so what does it do? Right? How, how is a shirt ministry? And then I ordered as a gift two little baby onesies with Max's hearts and the word loved underneath it. And when they came, 
at the same time, in the same package, I looked at those little onesies and I thought, now this does something. God brought Roxanne Thomas, April Short in. Oh, so many people have spoken into this in the most wonderful ways. And together we launched Heart by Max onesies. Oh, but it's not just a onesie. It is beautifully packaged with a message of God's love and the value he has placed in every life. With every onesie purchased, an identical onesie is gifted to a life-affirming charity. And then when it came time for our printer, we kept praying. We, you know, we really want a printer that can bless the people who are doing the printing. How, how can that be a blessing? And then at the last minute, God brought us Spectrum Designs. I know you've heard a little bit about Spectrum. They are wonderful. They have 15 employees right in Fall River. All of their employees have autism. The work that these individuals are doing at Spectrum is now reaching around the world. Because our church, you know, all of you have poured into this mission to send Heart by Max onesies and t-shirts with the same message of God's love and the value he's placed in every life translated into Ukrainian we are sending those, we have our first shipment of a thousand, our first thousand will ship off to Ukraine this week. <laughs> These hearts started in utter isolation are now reaching around the world like a hope-filled hug. Our next shipment, our next shipment will go directly to Prison Fellowship Romania. The ministry my dad founded 50 years ago out of the brokenness of Watergate, out of the brokenness of prison, will now catch his grandson's hearts and carry them into the brokenness of Ukraine to bring hope. Only God, only God can write this story. I stopped speaking at the beginning of COVID because it was way too complicated to travel, way too many complications. But God has taken the message he gave me to share for 11 years of the value of life and the value of people with disabilities, and he has carried that message farther than my voice ever could have reached. And Max, Max now, for the first time in his life, comes to church on Sunday mornings, and he sits right in the middle of the sanctuary, listening to Paul's message, taking notes, completely engaged. He doesn't sit next to me. He doesn't need to sit next to me. He sits in the middle 
of all of you because you hold him up. All of this happened in a season I wasn't sure we'd survive. On a particularly difficult day, I went into my guest room, and there are no guests in my guest room, of course, for the past two years. I had 26 moving boxes that came from my dad's home. My dad passed away 10 years ago. My stepmother passed away in the middle of this season of COVID. So all of these boxes just shipped to me, and I didn't have the heart. I just couldn't. In the midst of all we were dealing with, I just could not open a box. But one day, one hard day, I decided I was going to open a box, prayed, God, encourage my heart. I opened up the box, and there at the top were these two little porcelain doves that my dad had on his bookshelf. Oh, it was one of the things I very specifically asked, could I get those little porcelain doves? But when I opened them up, I noticed that one of the wings was badly broken. I didn't mind at all. I thought, I know all about broken wings. I brought those doves over to my dining room table, and I spent an hour leaning over, lovingly, tenderly, repairing those breaks, knowing this is exactly what God does for us in our pain, in our brokenness. He lovingly hovers over us, holds us up, sings over us. God is close to the brokenhearted. He enters into our pain. He touches our places, our deepest places of brokenness, restoring us to the beauty of his finished work, more and more into the likeness of his own son. God plants his beauty in the brokenness of our hearts. He gives us his crown of beauty, his oil of joy, his beauty for ashes. And then he sends us out into the world, out into the brokenness of the world to be a blessing. God has not removed Max's autism. But as Pastor Paul said to me, God has redeemed Max's autism. My beautiful son, my beautiful, amazing Max, <laughs> what an honor to be his mom. He is a hardest. But God, God is the hardest. And we are his masterpiece. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your goodness, your power, your closeness, your tender love. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for carrying us through joyful times and painful times. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are close to the brokenhearted. We need to know, Lord, your love in the midst of our pain more than anything. We need to know your love. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as individuals and as a church, open our hearts. Open our hearts, Father, that you will plant your beauty in us and that we will go out and be a blessing to others. We thank you, Lord, for what only you can do. We thank you, Father, for only who you are. We love you, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful church holding us up and holding others up. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.